0: The Taviran Podcast is a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Please check out more of our shows at www.probablywork.com. Hey
1: everyone, welcome back to the a Wheel of Time Podcast. It's late 2020. Happy belated holidays everyone. I am your humble host, Robert. And I am joined by Bill. Uh, Bill? Can you say hi to everyone?
0: Well, Uh, oh yeah. Uh, hey guys, sorry, I'm just practicing my forms.
1: Uh, thanks Bill. Sorry, guys. Bill's a little preoccupied at the moment with his new toy that he got a few days ago on Christmas. You know, it's that new Wheel of Time virtual reality game. It's called So You Want to Be a Warder? He hasn't put it down since he first fired it up.
0: Oh, yeah. Cat dances on the wall.
1: He's got the VR helmet on. He can't hear a thing I say. He can't see anything around him. I'm flipping him off right now. He's got no clue. Hey, Bill. Woohoo! See what I'm doing?
2: Bill?
0: Nice, leveled up. Now on to Eel Among the Lilypads.
1: He's waving those VR headsets around like a banshee. (laughs) Trust me, he looks really cool. Maybe I should take a few pics and share them with everyone, huh? Send it out on Twitter. Would you like that, Bill?
0: Damn it, I've got to do Viper Flixic's tongue all over
1: again. Anyway, we're up to chapter 12 of The Great Hunt. Woven in the pattern. In this chapter, we follow... Bill, Bill? 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 You are way too close. Watch out, man. You're right up on me, man. You're gonna... Oh, yes. Jesus.
2: Bill, of the free of oh, Take God. that, you goat-kissing dart friend.
1: Three months later. Oh, God. What happened? What, was I out for a few hours? Where'd Bill go? Oh, God. Anyway, as I was saying, we were up to Chapter 12 of the Great Hunt, woven in the pattern. In this chapter, we follow. Found...
0: Rejoice ye one and all as the dragon has returned The Season 2 of the Tarveran Podcast. Please join Rich Arbara, Rob Alfor, and Bill Culfrain as they take on the epic fantasy series of The Wheel of Time. This season is dedicated to The Great Hunt, so join us as we go on a mystical adventure following the travels of The Great of the Valera in this season of the Tavira podcast.
1: Hey guys, it's Rob from the Tavira and Wheel of Time podcast. Thanks for coming back and following us after uh, quite a hiatus. You know, all joking aside, I, I regretfully have to apologize for the break in action It has been a few months, if you're trying to listen to us in real time. A lot of things have happened in the last few months. I'm not going to go into all of the details, but I can say everybody that I know and love is happy and healthy. So, everything that happened in the past is in the past. And now we can focus on more important things, you know, like Aes Sedais, and channeling, and the the One Power, and Ruby Hilted Daggers, and incredible book series that are now being put into television. <clears throat> I want to thank Bill for carrying the torch in the last couple of pods. I tried to chime in when I could, but hopefully, hopefully next week, Bill and I are trying to pave the way for a dual podcast. So you don't have one guy bouncing off himself and hoping that it sticks. Bill seems to have a natural knack for being able to just talk, 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 talk and have no one respond to him because he can just go off and do his thing. I don't have quite the same talents as he does, but I will definitely give it my all. So unfortunately, Bilzig needs to come out of his cage. Oh, and he very much does. I know we gave you guys a three-month block in order to get a a review, and we did get one from, from the great land of Australia. But there is not a new one as of the recording of this. So allow me to go unlock the cage and release the Bilzig upon you all.
0: My apologies. Moray. Tell your water not to walk my way. Tell your water not to hear my words, what they mean, what they say, Moray. Love You can keep them in the dark
2: light You can hide them from the waiting world Oh, foray
0: Father
2: lies
0: Gonna take the daughter out tonight Gonna show her around land Oh, water Not about to see the light if you wanna find hell with me, I can show you what Shytan's like. Not about to see the light. And if you wanna find hell with me, I can show you what it's like. Moray, tell your warden not to hold my hand. Tell your warden not to understand Oh, Moray Father of lies Do you want to bang heads with me? Do you want to feel everything? Oh, Moray Not about to see your life If you want to find hell with me I'll show you what I like to. You're bleeding, not about to see the light. And if you wanna find hell with me, I can show you what I
2: like. did. Yeah.
0: to see the light, but if you want to find hell with me, I can show Shaitan a fight, till he's bleeding, not about to see the light, and if you want to find hell with me, I can show you what it's like.
1: Well, I hope that teaches you. I know we've been away a while, so if you have any kind of Bilzig-esque thing you want to fire back at us, I get it. It's all good. We deserve it. But uh, now we know if you've rejoined this podcast or if you've come upon us during our little three-month hiatus, we try to follow uh, the Wheel of Time one chapter at a time, sometimes two, sometimes in the rare occurrence three. We try to keep on a week-by-week basis, but no guarantees. And if we do not have a new iTunes rev- review, or new email, or new tweet showering us with all of the praise that we mostly built deserve, you will be rewarded with the Bilzig. And please, let's try to keep the Bilzig to a minimum. If he gets out too much, it just—it's not good. It's not good. It gets all over the walls. It's—I it, huh, hate cleaning up after that guy. Just trust me. Please, please, rate and review, show us an appreciation, show us ways that we can improve the process uh, outside of the obvious, stick to a schedule, yes, 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 I understand, stick to the schedule, yes. But anything, anything, be it a one-star review and say why we don't work and what we could do to improve, that will be greatly appreciated and will keep Bilzig in his cage. One thing I can mention in Wheel of Time news, now whether this has been out there in the the ether and discussed and divulged and and processed, I don't know. I'm trying to keep fresh eyes on things like this, but we did receive a six-second teaser of a teaser of a teaser preview of the Wheel of Time. I'm geeking out. You know, I, I, if I wanted to set up a whole, you know, half an hour pod just to talk about the six seconds, I could too. But I know that's been done to death. I'm as happy as everybody that the ball is rolling forward. This train can't be stopped. It's happening. Wheel of Time on Amazon is going to happen. And now we have six precious seconds hearing Rosamund Pike saying, don't mess with us, bitches. I love it. Everything's just charged and ready to go. We have six seconds. Let's get a whole season now. Let's, now. That's that's how I feel. I want it now. But it's happening. I love it. Lots of speculation about that uh, six seconds. Was it at Evans Field? Was it at certain times of the story? Where's her blue diamond that she keeps, or her blue sapphire that she keeps as a hairpiece? Fan theory that I'm spinning in. It's not even a fan theory, but just my thoughts out loud. I don't know if it was at Evans Field, or at least the quote about the White Tower was at evansfield because wasn't she hanging with master anders andra you know they were under the guise of other people's names so i don't know if she was proclaiming herself to be a tarvalon witch at that time but like i said it's just speculation i'm just happy that there's something more than an audio clip or a picture of a, a guitar or a picture of a barn you know i'm just happy that we have something and it's working and it's moving forward the more that comes out from that the better. And I'm ready to digest any kind of media that comes out from Wheel of Time from Amazon. Go Team Rafe. I'm all bored. And now a word from our sponsors.
0: Hello, my name's Bill. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm here in the UK doing UK things, not being eaten by giant people. And I'm Tyler in the US, also not being eaten by giant people. And we host The Coordinate, an Attack on Titan podcast where we are. Uh, uh, hold on a second, Tyler. Hold on. There's some weird noises going on outside the door. Let me just go check it out quickly. Ah! 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 It's Twitter, Troy Titan. Ah! Ah! My leg! Ah! He's eating my leg. Ah! Bill. No! Mm, oh! Oh! He's gone! He's eating my bloody leg, Tyler. Troy's eating for
2: my leg. Oh.
0: Uh. Anyways. Uh, we're a monthly podcast where we read an arc of the manga a month, to try to get Bill caught up. Uh, Bill, you want to tell them where they can find us? Uh, what,
2: what?
0: You what, what, what do you want? Where can people listen to the <laughs> podcast? I don't, uh, oh, I don't have a clue. Oh, he's gonna eat me! He's gonna eat me! Why oh. are there so many cats in here? Uh, can I get a new co-host? Hey everyone! Scott here with my good pal, Rich. Say hi, Rich. Hi. And we're here today to tell you about a podcast we host together with our buddies, Jay and Bill, the RPG After Years. The after what? The RPG After Years. Our show has entered into a new era of covering everything RPGs, both old and new. Thus, it is after its first era. It's the After Years. And that RPG was rocket propelled grenade. No, RPG stands for role playing game. It's a genre of video game. Every week, we go through the latest news and discuss other relevant RPG-related topics. We also review RPGs as we complete them. So an RPG is not a rabid Portuguese goose? No, thank God. From Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy to The Witcher and Cyberpunk, we've got RPGs covered from the dawn of time to the far-flung future. Oh, I've heard of Final Fantasy. I'd hope so. So check us out on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening platform happens to be. You can also find us at probablywork.com. Level up your podcast feed with the RPG After Years. Enjoy the show.
1: So we are up to chapter 12, Woven in the Pattern. This chapter, we get a very stark uh, shift we go from the light-hearted antics of one Padden Fane to the ladies of Emmon Field mere seconds after the supposed attempt on the Amarillons' life. Supposed in quotations, because she knows that the arrow wasn't meant for her. So Swan and company are really trying to get out of Dodge as fast as possible, despite all of the belly aching from Lord Aglemar. And the one note I have here is, the Lord Aglemar that Rand knows, Was very prim, very proper. We of the Northern Lands will defend against all forces of evil at all times till the last breath of the last man. But in this scene, we get kind of like a comic relief. Lord Agamemnon. He's like, oh, wait, no, but, 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 but um, um, um but Madam, Madam Amelin, let me be able to give you the, the proper farewell, at least one more night, one more feast, you know, and apparently, I think there was a scene where someone brings a chalice, really hurriedly brings a chalice to Lord Agamemnon, and he's trying to provide the proper send off toast, and she's like, nah, I gotta go. Deuces, we gotta leave. We gotta leave now. So I thought it was kind of weird, kind of not weird, but funny how Rand sees. Lord Agamor in one way, but in the presence of Aes Sedai and the Avalon herself, he just falls all over himself in, in pomp and circumstance to to make himself look more proper or please please himself. I don't know. Following the form and following proper protocol even though the Avalon's trying to get out as fast as possible and he's trying to mitigate that to the best of his ability. And it kind of comes out in a sort of a comic relief way. All the ladies and their waters make it out as they're leaving. I think Egwene looks to the north because the thought is at that time that the horn and the dagger and Padden Fane and company obviously must have gone north through the borderlands. They don't know about the south zigzagging patterns that they actually did go. So Egwene kind of laments and thinks to the north and she's like, Rand, you, you know, I hope you're okay. You better be, or else I'll kill you. Kind of, you know tongue-in-cheek, female humor that, that Robert Jordan kind of has. The Amberling keeps them at a steady pace. They, you know, They break camp for the night. Um, I think they made a comment that it was literally at the absolute last second. As the sun was going down, camp was to be made to give them, we got to make as much time as we can. We need to get back as possible. While they're camped for the night, at least that first night, Egwene starts to see firsthand some of the tropes that some of the Ajahs fall under. At this point, we know that there are factions of Ayesadai called Ajas. They're bespoke by different colors, and each color has a different speciality. She sees that Ajas keep to their own within their each with each of their tents. She knows she knows that the Reds had their no men allowed policies, while the party tent was obviously where the greens were, because the greens have all the men and they must have all the fun. So that's where you know all the cohorting and, and, and gallivanting was happening over with the greens. We do get some quick land Nynaeve moments, but it's from Egwene's perspective. It's that's one of those things where Lan comes in and says, "May I talk to May I talk to the lady Nynaeve, please, in private? You know, I want to talk to her outside and and, and and have discussions with her." And they come, they go talk, and they come back, and and Nine Eve's all all puffy eyed and, and tearing and weeping, and 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 you know how proud she is. She.
2: You're crying! You're crying! Give
1: me out. You know, that kind of, you know. There's something there. Everybody knows it. And it's one of, it gets to the point where it's like, oh, for God's sakes, you two, just just be out with it and do it and not. <laughs> I said do it, but I meant do it as in confess your feelings to each other. <clears throat> that is what I meant. Anyway, during the time that they were there, Eguine was hoping to get some more trading in with Maureen. However, see, the realization was that Maureen is now rolling on with her own crew now. Uh, she, she saw it the first night, how the Ajas kept it themselves. Moraine was hanging out with the other Blues that night. But she did get some training that night. And this is apparent when Varen, Varen Sedai, comes to give the women their lessons the first night. Uh, we know Varen is a brown. We know that the brown Aja is very much in data acclimation and statistical processing. <laughs> very much a nerdy, geeky kind of Aja, of which Varen very much is a part of that. She could be lost in her own thoughts. She um will sometimes be in a room with a group of other people and not even give them the time of day because she's so in her own head. But when she needs to be there and she needs to focus, she can do it. Uh, we'll more on Varen later. So before the lesson begins, we even give a few few little bits and pieces of information. Both of the Emmons Field women come in with tons of potential and raw, untapped power. Varen's like, Moraine told us you guys had potential, but whew, the blood and manathrin must run deep because you guys have incredible potential. Egwene is not so sure if Nynaeve is jealous of only Egwene was receiving the training. So there was a point in time where Baron would tell Egwene, okay, I'm going to continue the training that Moraine had with you. Then she turned to Nynaeve, and she says, I'll continue the training I had with you. And then he was like, I didn't get any training. Obviously, Egwene may know that Nynaeve and moraine are oil and water right now. But there, might, there was also a little tinge of jealousy or, or, or of hoping that Nynaeve wasn't jealous in that Egwyn was getting those preliminary lessons and she wasn't. Still kind of up in here how all the true feelings are, but it's kind of brought to light here, especially when Varen just outright, outright tells him that. Not only that, but Varen refers to Nynaeve as a wilder, quote-unquote wilder. Someone who has not only learned to channel on her own, but has also learned how to control the One Power from engulfing them. The way that the women try to teach, or the Aes and I try to teach channeling the one power is the, 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 the flower blossoming and the stemming the flow and the tide to keep from taking on too much of the power and engulfing yourself. Literally just taking on too much power and you're done. It's over. So there has to be a proper ebb and flow of the power and the channeling coming in and out and a Wilder is someone who didn't get any of that training and kind of self-taught themselves not only how to do it, but how to contain it and how to function within the realm of being able to channel without just burning up. Varin goes on to say that walls have been put up in defense, and these walls may also barrier naive from understanding her true, full potential. So once again, Varin's like, I'm here to help. I'm here to train you. We're kind of two feet in the hole right now. But we can work through it. And she turns to Egwene and says, Egwene, my dear, you have incredible raw talent and potential too. You are still malleable and can be taught proper. Aes approved ways to channel and control the flow of the power. So because of these two bits of information, Farron believes that the White Tower will enlist Egwene as a novice, but enlist Nineveh directly into the accepted. And we get, I think this might be the first taste we get of the hierarchy of Tarvalon. So far, we've only seen Aes Sedais uh, and the high ranking Aes Sedais, be it the Amaralyn and the Keeper of the Chronicles. But what we're now being told is that there are entry level positions known as novices, and then in between the novice and the Aes is an intermediary level known as the accepted. Baron identifies that Nynaeve is able to channel, can do it to some, some ability so she doesn't have to start from scratch as Egwin does. Novices must start from the beginning, including doing menial tasks at the beck and call of the eyes to die. Accepted are given a little more freedom, including pushing back with questions in the theme of asking, why is this thing necessary? Maybe Varen also has heard a little bit of Nynaeve's temperament and the thought of Nynaeve as a novice, blindly doing whatever is asked of her to do, may be a very inflammatory situation and not be able to happen. She's trying to give her what it's going to be like to be accepted. At first 90, is like, you think I'm a wild? Me, 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 gets all this kind of attitude. And that's when Vernon says, well, by the way, did you know that novices do menial tasks and hard labor and will not question and must do as they're told if they wish to advance at all while it accepted? Doesn't have to do all of the hard labor menial tasks but can be able to kind of gently push back with questions. Nynaeve is the type of woman that you can kind of tell she never outright accepts criticism, per se, but if she stops bitching and moaning, then she's that's her way of, okay, fine, let's move forward. Varen also comments that Egwene reminds her of a younger Maureen, someone who shows immense potential, but has a reckless abandon regarding gaining as much knowledge as possible without looking ahead to see if she's about to fall into a dark pit. That's the kind of uh, picture that Varen paints, is that Egg walking in the dark, successfully making progress in the dark, but at the same time not show, not looking down to see when that dark pit is. It could be the next step, it could be the second step, it could be the 27th step, but she needs to learn temperance as well as just a sheer, sheer will to gain as much knowledge as quickly as possible. She starts doing some of the similar kind of... Uh, Lessons that, that Maureen does. Create a light. Think of the flower blossoming and the petals and the, and, the, and the flow into the flower and the flow into you and flow out and see if you can create light or, or light this bead. My comment says Nynaeve is on fire. When training and hearing Varen mention a soft breeze as she was training her. Hand, Nynaeve goes absolutely polar the opposite direction and lights some blankets on fire almost in overt defiance, as in she's trying to, she's telling Varen, yes, I'm opening to the lessons, please, please teach me, I'm willing to take lessons on this, but in her mind, she's like, yeah, you freaking backwards women, they're all, they're all lies, they're all the same, they're all crooks, and the truth you hear is never the truth that you think it is, and all that crap, and she's letting herself go, listening to Varen, and Varen talks about creating a soft breeze, so something with with air magic. And Nynaeve's brain says, I'm going to do the total opposite of what you want me to do. Not even trying, just that mindset, blanket set on fire. And even Baron was like, whoa that's quite the talent you got there. I asked for breeze, and you gave me fire, so I kind of know where your brain was at at the time. But it is what it is. What we learn is that every night, a different sister comes to to train these two Emmonsfield women. Uh, the book doesn't outright mention it, but it's almost also like each of the Ajas were feeling out the well, most of the Ajas were feeling out the women, see how much potential they actually have, and maybe even trying to lobby them to join their Aja. because as we'll find out, um, Ajas very much rely on the power of their sisters. And if they see these two girls with high potential, high return on investment, then they will try to court them into their color and say, hey, you need to join the grays or you need to join the yellows because the yellows wear that. No, no, no. You want to be Greens. You want to be out there with the actions. No, no, no. But You want to be a blue. That 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 kind of thing. So every night, a different sister comes to train the Emmonsfield women. Egwin was able to take certain mental notes of each sister and how the training went. Is also included, noticing noticing that Leandrin of the Red was the only one who wore her shawl. Uh, the shawl is to identify yourself with your Aja to outside world. This campsite was only Sedai's and Warders, so there was no need to identify yourself because all the all the sisters know which Aja each each one is in. So there's no reason to wear your full shawl. To show off your colors, everybody knows you're you're a red sister. Egwin made a mental note thinking that was kind of odd that she was the only one that had to declare that she's red. But she also noticed that Leandrin didn't really train them at all. Basically, it was just a question and answer session about about Rand, Matt, and Perrin. It was more like a where were you on the night? What was this boy doing? What do you know about this guy? What does this guy's a troublemaker? What about him? I think Egwin even made it sound like she was being accused of a or she felt like being questioned by authorities on this instead of trying to be trained on how to be a proper eyes to die, or how to learn channeling. This was more of a give me information I want, give me, give me, give me from Leandrin. As we know, she doesn't have, Leandrin does not have the best uh, people skills and it definitely shows here. So as the caravan reaches the next town of Mido, Egwene starts to ask for the whereabouts of the moraine. And she very quickly finds out that she left two days ago. She left with Lan. Leandrin followed up after the pair of them. And then Varen followed after all three of them. Whoever she was asking about, one of the other sisters was like, Hoo-hoo. I don't want to be in the room in the emerald hears here's about this. Hides are going to be tanned. Anyway, a couple things from this little bit of information is that she knew that Ma Rain was being distant from her. But not to the fact that she would have peaced out two days ago without as much as a goodbye. And once again, this kind of falls into the, you know, Aes Sedai's truths they tell, may not be the truths that you perceive, but she was kind of, wow, we had all, we had a whole book's worth of adventures. You left without saying goodbye. It's kind of kind of hurtful, like her one and only trusted Aes Sedai confidant. So now she's headed to the tower knowing that she's going to be a novice and that Nynaeve is most likely going to be an accepted. She's very quickly realizing she's going into this alone. She's going to become a novice. She's going to have to learn on the fly. She's going to have to do it with strangers. And I think this is starting to sink in with her. Eggwing does let one of the sisters know, uh, Anaya, Anaya Sedai, that she senses Rand is in danger. This all stems from a dream that she had of Rand sleeping on the ground. And there was a woman, an evil woman, standing over him and if she can't get it out of her mind, and that this all has to be bad, there's something negative going on. This dream just can't mean nothing. Anaya has actually a couple different takeaways from this. Egwene is still a young country girl hopelessly in love for her young man. I thought that was kind of funny. She's like, ah, you miss your boyfriend, huh? Yeah, I know how that could be. But that Egwene also has the talent of a dreamer, and that dreamers are linked to those that can also do the foretelling. I believe Alida is one that has the foretelling, and even when she was in scenes earlier in the first book, Jordan made reference to that foretelling was an extremely rare gift. As I mentioned before, Ajahs based their prowess on the power of the scissors in them, and the fact that the Reds could boast having one with the foretelling made them think they were... They were hot shit. They were the top guns. You wanted to be red. We got sisters that can foretell. You could tell the wheel's spinning in Anaya's head. Hmm, we have definitely a dreamer here. She might even be a foreteller. She's going to be a hot commodity. She's going to be a high round draft pick, to put it in sports references. Other oddjas are going to be trying to court her if this is true. So the chapter ends simply with Egwene climbing on to the River Queen as she continues her pilgrimage off to Tarvalon. Like I said, nothing overtly said about this, but she's going to have to do this alone. Uh, She'll be able to see 90 from here and there, but knowing that they're going to go in at different levels, combined with Maureen has gone off and done whatever blue stuff she wants to do. She's doing this alone, and she's going to have to pluck up the courage, as we find out from our young Egwin, that's exactly how she rolls. Let's do it. She just rolls up her sleeves, ever moving forward. That wraps up the chapter, and that will take us into. Readings with Rob. And now, the Taveren present to you. Readings with Rob. Chapter 12. Woven in the Pattern. Nydive's hands tightened on her skirt, and she looked at the tent flap again, frowning. Finally, she gave a short nod and settled back down on the floor. I suppose I might as well, she said. Good, Verret said.
2: Now, you already know this part, Egwene, but for Nynaeve's sake, I will take you through it step by step. In time, it will become second nature. You will do it all faster than you can think of it, but now it is best to go slowly. Close your eyes, please. It goes better in the beginning if you have
1: no distractions at all. Egwene closed her eyes. There was a pause. Nynaeve, Baron said.
2: Please close your eyes. It will really go better.
1: Another pause.
2: Thank you, my child. Now, you must empty yourself. Empty your thoughts. There is only one thing in your mind, the bud of a flower, only that, only the bud. You can see it in every detail, but you can smell it, you can feel it, every vein of every leaf, every curve of every petal, you can feel the sap pulsing, feel it, know it, be it. You and the bud are the same. You are the one. You are the bud.
1: Her voice droned on hypnotically, but Egwene no longer really heard. She had done this exercise before with Moraine. It was slow, but Moraine had said it would come more quickly with practice. Inside herself, she was the rosebud. Red petals curled tightly. Yet suddenly there was something else. Light. Light pressing on the petals. Slowly the petals unfolded, turning toward the light, absorbing the light. The rose and the light were one. Egwene and the light were one. She could feel the merest trickle of it seeping through her. She stretched for more, strained for more. In an instant it all was gone. Rose and light. Ma had also said it could not be forced. With a sigh, she opened her eyes. Night Eve had a grim look on her face. Varin was as calm as ever.
2: You cannot make it happen,
1: the Aes Sedai was saying.
2: You must let it happen. You must surrender to the power before you can control it. This is complete foolishness,
1: Night Eve muttered.
2: I don't feel like a flower. If anything, I feel like a black thorn's bush. I think I will wait by a fire after all. As you wish,
1: Varan said.
2: Did I mention that novices do chores? They wash dishes, scrub floors, do laundry, serve at the table, all sorts of things. I myself think the servants do a better job of it by far, but it is generally felt that such labor builds character. Oh, you are staring. Well, good. Well, child, remember that even a black thorn bush has flowers sometimes, beautiful and white among the thorns. We will try it one more time. Now, from the beginning, Egwene, close
1: your eyes. Several times before Varen left, Egwene felt the flow of power through her. But it was never very strong, and the most she managed to do with it was to produce a stir in the air that made the tent flap stir slightly. She was sure a sneeze could have done as much. She had done better with Moraine. Sometimes, at least, she wished it was Moraine doing the teaching. Nynaeve never even felt a glimmer, or so she said. By the end, her eyes were set and her mouth was so tight that Egwin was afraid she was about to begin berating Varin, as if the eyesadai were a village woman intruding on her privacy. But Varin simply told her to close her eyes once again, this time without Egwin. Egwin was sitting, watching the other two between her yawns. The night had grown late, well past the time she would usually be asleep. Nynaeve wore a face like weak old death her eyes clamped shut as if she never meant to open them, and her hands white-knuckled fists in her lap. Egwene hoped the wisdom's temper did not break loose, not after she had held it in this long. "'Feel the
2: flow through you,'
1: Vern was saying. Her voice did not change, but suddenly there was a gleam in her eyes.
2: "'Feel the flow, the flow of the power, flow like a breeze,'
1: gentle stirring into the air. Egwene sat straight up. This was how Verin had guided her each time she had actually had the power blowing through her.
2: A soft breeze, the slightest movement of air,
1: soft. Abruptly, the stack blankets burst into flame like fatwood. Nynaeve opened her eyes with a yell. Egwene was not sure if she screamed or not. All Egwene knew was that she was on her feet, trying to kick the burning blankets outside before they set the tent on fire. Before she managed a second kick, the flames vanished, leaving wispy smoke rising from its charred mass and the smell of burned wool.
2: (laughs) Well, I did not expect to have to douse a fire. Don't faint on me, child. It is all right now. I took care of it.
1: That was readings with Ra. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at Tavirenpod with your request. All right, readings with Rob. If you have any passages coming up that you want to have heard, feel free to let us know. Tavirenpod on Twitter, uh, Tavirenpod at gmail.com. We have a Discord that is basically just me and Bill talking to each other with a few other people saying, hey, where you been? We have the Discord, we have the Twitter. We have the email. We have the ways to contact us. I hope I haven't kept you all bored too much. I tried to stay on point. It's hard to do tangents when you're not bouncing ideas off off of uh, other people. But this is me saying I hope and pray that next time you hear us, it will be me and Bill together. God knows how that's going to go. Anyway, woven into pattern. Done in the hopper. Hope you guys had fun. As much as I had fun talking to myself. (laughs) Thanks, You guys take good care of yourselves, everyone. Be safe, be happy, and I'll see you next time. Take care, bye! As we march further on into the adventures of the Great Hunt, we take a quick peek into each of the minds of the three farm boys from Two Rivers to see where their heads are at at the moment. Wow, Perrin is so good talking to women. The way he handled eggwing, I wish I could do that. Man, I wish I was as good at women as Perrin. Man, Rand seems to know what he's talking about with them women. I wish I was able to be as good talking with women as he is. Man, I see Rand and I see Perrin and the they're talking to women. Boy, I wish I could talk to women like that. The only thing I'm good at is making women mad. I only make women pissed off. Matt really has a way with women. I don't know how he gets away with it, but I wish I had that same ability to talk to women like he does. I can't believe the way Matt talked to that woman. It worked out beautifully. I just just get stuck in my words and, and, and they think I'm just slow, but man, Matt really has a way with the women.